Hi, I'm Mark Sheldon, and welcome to The Road to Health, a podcast from Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. Today, we're continuing our year-long celebration of 20 years of the Blue Angel Community Health Grant with a Rhode Island institution that has been awarded the grant three times, Farm Fresh, Rhode Island. Farm Fresh is also celebrating a 20-year milestone this year. And in the last two decades, the organization has made it their mission to connect eaters with locally and honestly produced foods and flavors from our area. This work, to make Rhode Island's people and land healthier, has required methods and actions that are at times both creative and surprising. I got to sit down with Farm Fresh's executive director, Jesse Rye, and we talked about everything Farm Fresh is doing to cultivate the best possible farm-to-table experience. So, Jesse, welcome to the podcast. Oh, it's great to be here. So we're marking 20 years of Blue Angel Community Health Grant Program, and Farm Fresh is about to hit the same milestone. It'll be 20 next year. What programs have you built over the last two decades? Wow. First 20 years. That's that's amazing. I've been at Farm Fresh for about 11 of those years, and it's really amazing to put it in that perspective. Over that time, uh, what once started as a student project out of Brown University has grown into a $6 million organization with almost 50 employees. And that's a little that's a little staggering to think about when, when you put it in perspective. But over that time, our mission has remained the same. It's connecting farmers and eaters in a generative way that uh, makes connections that are longstanding. I think the first program that was really built at Farm Fresh was our farmer's market program. That was a way to really connect uh, farmers and eaters on a, on a very basic level. At that time, there weren't as many farmer's markets in Rhode Island, and the founders of the organization were really grappling with the idea of why is it so hard to find Rhode Island-grown produce in the grocery stores or out and about. So farmer's markets sprung up. We really dug into that work in a major way. We started thinking about not just uh, farmer's markets for affluent people. We really wanted to center in on the idea of what could an organization do to bring fresh local produce out to all Rhode Islanders. So our farmer's market program also really grew into a nutrition incentive program. At the markets, we run a program called Bonus Bucks, where if someone's coming and using federal nutrition incentives like SNAP or what was formerly called food stamps, we do a one-to-one bonus. So if you come and you spend a dollar of SNAP, you get a dollar for fresh fruits and vegetables. And that has been a game changer in Rhode Island. It's been a game changer for farmers. It's been a game changer for eaters and for the communities where the farmers markets are centered. After the farmers markets were set up, the organization was growing. We were building capacity. We had launched a local food guide that really connected eaters in with various ways that they could connect to uh, local food across the state and across the region. And from that local food guide grew a program called Markamobile. Markamobile is an aggregation and distribution program that connects farmers directly with originally wholesale customers. We were running a Saturday farmer's market, and we were hearing from farmers that they were having leftovers at the end of the market. And uh, our founder, one of our founders, Noah Fulmer at the time, launched what was called Markamobile, which is an online platform where farmers can list what they have available and chefs or uh, now just about anyone can go on and order directly from farms. That was pretty revolutionary in 2009. There weren't as many people that were using technology as a, as a tool to connect farmers out into the broader community. What Markamobile really did was take that idea of farm to table and try to make it a little bit easier for everyone. If you were a chef at that time in 2009 or 2010, that was 
ordering from farms, you could very feasibly get 10 to 12 farms that were showing up at your restaurant, and that's 10 to 12 invoices. And for farms, that's 10 to 12 additional stops that they would have to do. Markimobile really stepped in and was trying to provide a service both to farmers and also to uh, customers that wanted to buy directly from local farms. We like to joke uh, that first order day, I think we had five orders and one of them was a mistake. Now, you know, zooming out about 14 or 15 years into that program's existence, we've almost sold $30 million on behalf of a network of 125 farms and small producers. We've really demonstrated a lot of success with that program. I could speak a lot more to that, but uh, we have we have so many more programs to talk about. I don't want to take too much time on that. From Markimobile, the next thing that Farm Fresh really stepped into was a program called Harvest Kitchen. Harvest Kitchen works with youth who are coming through the juvenile justice system. We have a partnership with the Department of Children, Youth, and Families, or DCYF. And we work with DCYF on an after-school program or a program with youth that are in foster care settings, and we teach culinary skills, job training skills, and all of it's centered around food. We have a cafe out in Pawtucket. In the back of that cafe is a training kitchen. And uh, at the training kitchen, we have a 20-week program where youth come through the program and learn job skills. Uh, it's basic things like just showing up on time, talking to your supervisors, learning instructions, and then putting that stuff into practice. And uh, what's really cool about Harvest Kitchen is that it also connects in with the farming community as well. A lot of the lessons are based on projects. So think about, you know, turning B and C grade produce into something value added, like tomatoes into tomato sauce or apples into apple chips. And a lot of the lessons are centered around those sort of activities. Harvest Kitchen also does a, a broad range of other stuff in addition to youth training. Uh, we're doing co-packing for farmers. Think about an organization like the African Alliance. You know, we help them with capacity for canning and jarring. So we make pickled bitter balls, carrot and apple relish, and some other products on their behalf. And then they're able to sell those products at the market when the growing season is over. So it's really, Harvest Kitchen is really about job training, but it's also about extending the life of local produce and making sure that it's available year round. After Harvest Kitchen, we really focus on farm to school and community education. And this is where, you know, the support from Blue Cross Blue Shield, Rhode Island has been so critical. Our Healthy Foods, Healthy Families program is part of our community education program. And uh, it's really part of the way that we interact with folks from K through 12 students all the way up to senior citizens throughout the whole state. We have activities at farmers markets. Uh, we're working in every school district across Rhode Island. And uh, in addition to some of the educational work that we do in those schools, we're also helping to get good food into those schools as well. So with a partnership with the Rhode Island Department of Education, we're currently trying to get fresh local food out into all school districts across the state. And finally, our newest program or the newest activity at Farm Fresh is Hope's Harvest. Hope's Harvest was originally a fiscally sponsored project at Farm Fresh. Ava Agudala started the program and uh, grew it over a series of years. It's a gleaning project. Essentially, a lot of farms leave a lot of food in the fields because there's not an economic imperative to harvest that food. Hope's Harvest steps in, mobilizes a group of volunteers, goes out to the fields, and picks things that otherwise would be left behind. Once those things come back to Farm Fresh's warehouse, we mobilize all the infrastructure that we've put in place and get that on trucks and get it out to a network of food banks and food pantries and hunger relief centers across the state. So it's really connecting the uh, the abundance of harvest or excess things that otherwise would go to waste to folks that need fresh, healthy food. And it's just been so well received. So many volunteers have participated in the program. 
And uh, I think at some point this year, Hope's Harvest is going to go over their 1 million pound of glean produce collected. So that means essentially over the last five years that this group of volunteers has been out in the field and has moved a million pounds of food that otherwise would have just laid to waste and got it into places where people really needed to connect into that food. So that's really the the rundown of all of our programs. Those are the things that have been built at Farm Fresh. They all connect into what, not to get too jargony, but what people call a local food system. The way that food comes from the field or the sea, how it gets to your plate, what happens after that and where it goes to in terms of how we dispose of food and think of that. So all of our programs are really centered in the idea of uh, systems thinking. In particular, how can we reinforce a local system that really benefits farmers, eaters, and communities all around? You talked about the Healthy Foods, Healthy Families program. That was what was awarded the Blue Angel Community Health Grant three times over in the 20-year history of of the grant, from 2013 to 2020. Can you share more about how FarmFresh designs programs and then adapts them to meet the current needs of farmers and families in Rhode Island? Sure. Uh, Healthy Foods, Healthy Families, which is part of our community education program, uh, is a great example of initiative that grew out of what we were hearing from needs in the community. In this case, there was a nutrition education program that was hosted at Farm Fresh's markets, and it was encouraging children and families to really try fresh fruits and vegetables that otherwise they wouldn't have the, the opportunity to try. There's a lot of research that's been done that shows how often you have to put something new in front of a child before it becomes part of their accepted or regular regular diet. And unfortunately, a lot of food insecure families in the state don't have the economic ability to take those chances. And uh, that puts those families at a disadvantage in terms of bringing in fresh foods that might be different or something that their kids might want to try. So Healthy Foods, Healthy Families really centered in around the idea of how can we get people to try things? How can we get people to try things and how can we make uh, those barriers to entrance to those things that are being grown here in great quantities? How can we make that less? And that program was a a really big success. You know, during COVID, we ran into a lot of problems in terms of just how do we do education programs? How do we take the work that we were doing in person and do some of that online? And that work has changed and morphed. And a lot of our focus right now is really going into the farm to school work that we do in community education. But with all of our programs, it's really taking a chance. It's it's first listening. What does the community need? Both when we talk about our community, we're talking about farmers, food producers, but then also eaters. And we say eaters because uh, the idea of being a consumer automatically puts this into a frame of like economic perspective or economic reference. So uh, saying eater is just acknowledging that everyone eats. Uh, People access food in different ways, whether that's through federal incentives or through hunger relief centers, but it's not always a purchase agreement. What we see in terms of like How do we build those programs? It's really based on the needs that we're hearing and taking those needs and putting them into action. I can talk about our Markimobile program when we think about our farming community. We were hearing from the farming community that there needed to be some sort of intervention that helped local farmers access wholesale markets in a way that they weren't disadvantaged. I say that because in so many respects, putting a local or regional product up against something that's coming from anywhere across the world, oddly enough, the things that are coming from farther away can be cheaper. That's just economy of scale. That's some of the infrastructure and support systems that have gone away in the Northeast uh, just for the farming community. So Markimobile, 
was really responding to that need of how do we provide a wholesale system that gets farmers better prices. Our system is transparent. It's built around that idea that, you know, local food should be accessible to everyone. In the pandemic, it shifted from uh, something that was just wholesale only to seeing the needs of the community and people that were homebound or not being able to go anywhere. And frankly, the supply chain issues that were causing food shortages across the state, uh, Markamobile was able to do home delivery and step up and open up that system from what was once only available to uh, chefs or colleges or hospitals or universities and open that up to the broader public. We were able to build in a component of that system where we're now able to accept SNAP online for Markamobile as well. Only for pickup at our location, we can't do delivery th with SNAP, but it's been a game changer. That that system of you know farmers markets, Markamobile, and then some of the work that we're doing in schools, in addition to hunger relief, really are trying to answer the needs of the community right now. It's just been a it's been a really hard stretch, and if you're paying attention. A lot of the things that are happening right now are actually getting worse after the pandemic in terms of food and accessibility. So Farm Fresh clearly takes a long view of our food production system. And you touched on that a little bit. Uh, working with farmers, working with educators, supplying several markets across the state, what would you describe as some of the largest barriers to Rhode Island's food access today? Yeah, I think I'll, I, I can pick up just where I left off with that last question. Right now, uh, we're in a really critical place in Rhode Island in terms of food insecurity. You know, we're seeing one in three Rhode Islanders who don't have access to food that is at a sufficient level. Uh, that's grown since 2020. In 2020, those levels were closer to 20%. Now that's closer to 30 or 33%. And, uh, you know, what's happening is that we're seeing soaring food prices that are burdening families still recovering from the effects of COVID. You know, the risk of hunger is the highest for low-income families with children, uh, particularly communities of color. And then demands for food assistance is increasing as uh, some of the food assistance programs that were provided through uh, the Rescue Act funds and through the COVID relief response, a lot of that's going away. And that's actually putting people in a worse spot. So what we're doing at Farm Fresh is really mobilizing all the work that we do to be in response to that issue. Like I was saying, Markamobile now has an element of home delivery or pickup that's SNAP eligible. Our farmer's market programs, that's been the key of that work since it started, but it's taking on new importance right now. We're the lead on a, a federal nutrition incentive grant for the whole state of New England, uh, except for Massachusetts, which has its own state-funded program, which is really something that I think Rhode Island should investigate as well as we look at the long-term sustainability of how do we connect farmers and eaters in a way that makes sense for everyone. And uh, I would just say that you know, Hope's Harvest has grown from such, it's grown from an idea into something that's impacting people's lives on a daily basis. And uh, Ava and the team that's been put together for Hope's Harvest just does such amazing work to really take something that otherwise would have no value and turn it into something that's extremely valuable to families across the state. So, Jesse, spring is here. It's farmer's market season. There are so many seasonal farmer's markets. Do you have a favorite market and what item should listeners be on the lookout for at the markets this season? <laughs> Mark, oh my gosh, that's like asking a parent to choose their favorite child. If I, have to, if I had to choose one, I would say that uh, the Broad Street Farmer's Market holds a really special place in my heart. I also live a couple blocks away from there in South Providence, so that's the one that I have the opportunity to go to the most often on Saturday mornings. However, all the markets that we run, I think the 
the real idea is that I am so excited that we're seeing so many people showing up and investing in their local economies, uh, investing in local businesses, investing in small farmers, and just uh, participating in the economy in a way that really builds a food system that can last for a long time. Thinking about like what are some of the great things that are out there right now, you know, as we're doing this recording, I can point to strawberries, some of the really great spring greens. I have a I have a really soft spot for white turnips. I like to do pickling, so that's something that I usually have a couple projects with each year. But what's really great about a farmer's market is that every week that you come back, you get to know your farms, you get to know what they're growing, and you're going to find surprises throughout the whole year. So, you know, there's lots of things to look out for. It's not just tomatoes. It's not just apples and peaches. There's stuff that's being grown in the state year round. And I really, really am excited for people to find out more about that. You know, I think you really uh, planted some thoughts in our heads that are going to blossom into fruitful uh fruitful actions uh, out in the community. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you'd like our listeners to know about any call to action? Yeah, uh, there's a couple things. First, I would just say, you know, please come visit Farm Fresh. We've built a new facility down on Kinsley Avenue in Sims in Providence. And uh, at that location, we have eight small businesses that have joined us there as co-locators. Come support those businesses. Come out and check the farmer's market that's there every Saturday. The Providence Flea shows up there on Sundays and Fridays throughout the year. Uh, just check their schedule. But I would say come visit that space. That Space represents an enormous investment in infrastructure for our local food system. And while a lot of people know it as the place where the farmer's market's at or where you can come get a cup of coffee at New Harvest, really that building makes it possible for Farm Fresh's programs to grow, to expand, and to continue to do really good work across the state. So that was the reason we built it. It was meant to be something that helped the organization sustain itself into the future. And it's proving to be a really vital community resource. A lot of the events that we have there, people are showing up for things just about every day of the week. And it's so exciting. I think the other thing that I would just ask uh, listeners to really tune into, we're in the middle of farm bill season. You know, this is something that's like probably one of the largest pieces of national legislation. And sometimes it's really hard to know how does that interact with uh, our everyday lives. So I would just encourage folks, whether that's through the Rhode Island Food Policy Council, whether that's through other organizations, national organizations, just tune into the issues that are going on around food because we're at a really critical time in our country. Uh, we're at a really critical time when we're talking about SNAP support. We're at a really, really critical time when we're thinking about support for small farmers, uh, thinking about farmland transition. Farming is at a really critical juncture in Rhode Island. We're seeing older generations of farmers transition off their land. And if we don't have mechanisms in place on a state level, on a national level, that ensure that farmers can keep farming in Rhode Island, we're going to lose the ability to say that we have a local food system. Our listeners can look for some uh, resources in the show notes. And uh, Jesse, I just want to thank you for your time and attention today. Mark, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. The Road to Health is a podcast from Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Rhode Island. It's produced and hosted by me, Mark Sheldon, and Mason M is our sound engineer, with additional support from Yasmin Diaz. Special thanks to our guest, Jesse Rye, Executive Director of Farm Fresh Rhode Island. Be healthy, be well, and keep your eyes on the road.